0: Hello, this is Fam Electric Ghost,
1: and we have uh, The Living On. this is uh, just Derek from The Living. Okay, great. So, Derek uh,
0: Barnes. Yeah, I was reading you're from the Bay Area from San Francisco, right? Yeah, so you're kind of a a progressive rock band, but you have kind of a new romantic edge. You have a sound. I was listening to a song on one of your albums. um, I think it was like your first um, EP. Mm -hmm. Hot breath, and it kind of remind
1: me of Joy Division. Yeah, it's it's. Are we, uh, sorry, are we uh, are we on right now? Are we recording?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We're on. Yeah, but we're recording. It's not live, but it, gotcha. It, we're on.
1: Um, yeah, it's funny. The um, more than a few people have kind of made that comparison, especially to the, um, you know, like whole new romantic thing, and um, that's cool. But it's it's funny because none of us really listen to that that music, so. <laughs>
0: Well, sometimes you find as a musician you're doing something and then people think you're using it as a reference point. You just found the same thing that those guys found, you know, uh, it's
1: interesting. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting the the comparisons that you get, I mean, with us, we're we're kind of we're kind of all over the place in the comparisons that we get. So, um, you know, it's every yeah. every show we play, we get a different reference. And it's always a little like, oh, really? You hear that? Oh, OK.
0: Well, I like that you're an actual rock band actually playing, like, you know, music as opposed to, you know, I'm an electronic musician, so I don't want to come down on a lot of the music that's out there today, but there's so many people using CDJs and, you know, using Ableton Live and just recording, you know, in their bedroom, and that's fine, but it's cool to actually see a real, like, rock band. Right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I mean, to be honest, I think we're just too dumb to figure out electronic music anyways, so. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm I'm kind of a purist. I go back to electronic music, I and mean, I'm like Emerson, Oh yeah, drummer. yeah.
1: Definitely. You know, you know, like yeah. yes,
0: oh. R- Wakeman. My idea of an electronic musician is a guy on a Moog or a Prophet
1: oh. or big big modular actually playing well, still. So, which then <laughs> with us then because yeah, we we like a lot of that old stuff. Our um, our bass player Jeremy, he is a yes like fanatic. So. Um... We're definitely into a lot of that old kind of progressive rock.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I was just just reading from your um, description on Spotify. Um, And you do get compared to like, you know, metal and then New Romantic. So you've got progressive rock, you know, people from different magazines have mentioned that you're kind of progressive rock based and you're heavy metal and New Romantic. So it's kind of cool. You are all over the map on that, which is good, I think a band having a lot of different, you know, reference points, I think it, it, it will increase their longevity in the business just because you, yeah, a lot of different ways you can go. Yeah.
1: Um, I think in the, uh, you know, in the long run, it, it will help out. It's, it's a little difficult um, right now, like the one we try to describe our music to people, because it is kind of all over the place, um, you know,
0: been A good way, That's you know, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, sometimes when you try to like pitch yourself to a venue or to you know, whatever, Carl, they, yeah. they're, they're kind but, of they want to you know know, exactly, they what pitch, you yeah, know. they want to know exactly, yeah, they want to know exactly what yeah. you are, you yeah. know, which is kind yeah, of hard, it hasn't been a you know. huge problem, but um, w- and we definitely like that we're kind of you know a little bit all over the place and have a varied sound and very dynamic and. To be honest, that's that's one of the biggest kind of compliments that we get is that we're pretty dynamic. Um, but, I...
0: but I think you kind of fall into a progressive rock vein. Yeah, you know, I I would I would put you in that vein because progressive rock means you can kind of go yeah um, yeah.
1: yeah we we like a lot of that stuff. I don't know I don't know how progressive we are, but um, uh, yeah. That's... Well, I mean,
0: maybe you don't break out into like the way Yes breaks into multiple oh. you know little, little overtures and kind of doing rock operas. No, okay. maybe maybe you don't do that but you have some aspects because of your genre shifting that maybe seem to imply you know that's how i
1: right right yeah i mean that that's you know that is one of the genres that we're all kind of you know we're all into we all like that older kind of 70s progressive rock you know stuff like genesis and
0: yeah, Peter Gabriel, Gabriel Genesis, uh,
1: <laughs> King Crimson, all that stuff. We're we're definitely huge into that. Um, it it doesn't necessarily come through as much in the songwriting, but uh, we're all fans of that mm-hmm.
0: stuff. I can kind of pick it up, but um, yeah. So maybe I go through the standard yeah. questions that I usually go through. It's like, so when did you first get into music? At like what age? Uh,
1: me personally, I oh, man, I I can't remember a time when I wasn't into it. Uh, my my first real vivid memory of being like totally obsessed with something was um, I was going to visit my grandmother, uh, my mom was taking me, and along the way we stopped at a record store for some reason, and um, I saw this Elvis record, and um, for some reason I was just really attracted to it, maybe I had like a man crush on Elvis, but uh, <laughs> um <laughs> my mom bought it for me and I went home and like, she put it on and she plugged in a microphone so I could like sing along to it. And I was just like hooked on that for the longest time. And then it just kind of like, you know, went downhill from there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think like, you know, musicians always kind of, when I ask them, like they usually have a reference point, you know, what was, you know, a lot of people lately have been like indicating that yeah. Bowie was what is like, you know, he's like the new beetle. Everybody, when I was growing up, all the bands say that they were inspired right. by the Beatles, you know? And now everybody, you know, after Bowie passed, everybody's saying they're inspired by Bowie. Man, that's kind of true in this generation. I think there's a lot of people that pick up what he was doing. Right. And um, so, I mean,
1: and he was around for, you know, he was putting out music just a lot longer than the Beatles were. So, you know.
0: Yeah, just in so many phases. Because I think what, what he brings to the table is the, the actor, you know, theatrical right. stuff. And, you know, in the age of videos and, and film and, you know, the internet, his kind of presentation of all these different characters and, and being able to play, you know, Ziggy, Aladdin, saying all those things. I think a lot of people kind of pick up on that the same way they pick up on like Freddie right. Mercury. And, uh, you know, it's just, there's a lot of, I hear that a lot about Queen yeah. and David Bowie, you know, I'm kind of go back to like Velvet Underground. And there's,
1: only, <laughs> you know, and there's only a few people that can really, you know, they're not everyone can be David Bowie, you know? There's only a few people that yeah. have that kind of, like, personality that can really, you know, be successful with doing all those different types of characters and, you know, that whole... Yeah. Well, I think, like,
0: like the Lou Reed was a big influence for me growing up because I kind of grew up in alternative era uh-huh. where you had, like, you know, all the all the college radio bands, like R.E.M. Right. And the Replacements and mm-hmm. Who's To Do. Everybody said, oh, like, the Velvet Underground was the big influence. Right, right. Um, you know, and that kind of made it so okay, yeah, we can do – it's kind of like that punk aesthetic. Yeah, definitely. The Velvets and Lou Reed kind of brought this idea, like if you, if you have some ideas, you don't have to be the most perfect player right. in the world, but you can still have that punk aesthetic and kind of bring that to the table.
1: Right. Yeah, I, um, I, I got into him just before he passed, and uh, I actually had tickets to go see him, but um, he had pulled out of this concert because he was sick. Uh, I, I wish I would have gotten to see him. Yeah, the Velvets were a big thing for me when I grew up. My, you know, all my garage bands we were like trying
0: to, you know, do the first Velvet Underground record over and over.
1: <laughs> that, that's a that is a beautiful album. That first one. Oh. oh yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like,
0: I think it's a really good thing for a band to like start from there. Yeah, Cause it, it kind of has like Dylan esque. Yeah, it kind of lo fi. It kind of gets into like okay, it was really good. You know, of trying to say something, right. but um. Yeah. So how long you've been working on music ever since you got that Elvis record? Um, Did you start to realize that you were going to get a get an instrument and start writing your own music? I I,
1: I wouldn't say I started music then. I mean, I I was probably like seven years old or something when I when I saw that Elvis album. But um, I was, you know, I was huge into music after that. Um, You know, it started like with Elvis. And then, you know, my my parents and my whole extended family grew up with the Beatles, like you mentioned. And uh, so that was definitely something that I listened to a lot growing up and then um, and then I got super into metal um, my brother at the time was uh, you know a big metal head so he kind of like introduced me to a lot of different bands and um, from there that was like sixth or seventh grade and that's when I really wanted to get a guitar but my parents just were not having that at all uh, <laughs> they were just you know very against me having a guitar you know I don't know if I don't know if they thought I was gonna you know just turn into that cliche kind of like yeah rocker <laughs> so, you- have that rocker and, and like reputation. Yeah, so I, I um, it wasn't until I was a senior in high school that I um got a guitar and uh, I had to save up my own money. I had to do like odd jobs. I saved up, you know, birthday money and that kind of thing. And then I just went out and I bought my own guitar. And then you know, I got I got the permission from my parents. My dad was like, you know, as long as as long as you get your homework done and as long as you like put your headphones in into your amp when I get home because I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> you can do yeah. it so i was like okay so it, it was it wasn't until i was like a, a senior in high school that i started playing guitar but I, you know i'm kind of glad that that i that i got it later on as opposed to all my friends because a lot of my friends that got guitars like in middle school or early high school they just they kind of quit after a year or two you know i always yeah
0: you kind of got to have, have that yeah d- that felt drive. Like I was
1: behind because <laughs> so many of my friends were just or people that I knew were just really good guitar players. So I was like, shit, I'm so far behind, I have to like learn how to, you know, play this or this or that song. So it kind of just made me, you know, work harder at it.
0: And then you started to find, you know, like minded folks to kind of build your bands. Like were you in a lot of bands before you got to No, this not one?
1: at all. I was I was, this is basically the first and only band I've ever been in. I, I've jammed with other people, but um, I, you know, I always kind of just wrote by myself and then um yes. it was um i think it was almost 10 years ago actually that i met a really good friend named arian who um lives in southern california and he and i met breakfast and um we would just jam together at his um school campus they had like a little jam room so he and i would play together and um, we just started writing songs together. Um, we didn't have a drummer, so we had to find a drummer and that whole thing. Um, so the, the kind of like early stage of, of the living was, was me and this guy, Arian. And then we met a, a drummer named Ben. And um, <clears throat> this was all in Southern California. And um, it wasn't super serious. You know, we would meet up once a week and kind of jam. And we'd play like little keg parties and that kind of thing. Um, but then when I moved back up to San Francisco, that's kind of when things got pretty serious, and I, you know, um, you know, kind of recruited some friends to play with me, and um, yeah, it's been that way ever since.
0: Wow, so you got Julian yeah. in there now? Yeah,
1: Julian, I've known, you know, a long, long time. I've known him. Well, I mean, at least long compared to how long I've been alive. <laughs> um, yeah, I've known him, I think, like 20 years or something like that, but um, we started playing together uh, about, uh, I think in March, it'll be four years that me, um, Julian, Jason, and Jeremy have been playing together. So, That's yeah, cool. It, it, it's cool so, because we're all, you know, local Bay Area guys, we're all friends. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I really like your sound on your first two EPs from twenty seventeen
1: and twenty
0: eighteen. You know, I was looking at you know drinking from the trowel in the living, the self-towered one, and um, yeah, you've really got some really good good sounds and and, you know synergy in your band. I like I I like the way your group sounds. You know, I think it's it's a really good breath of fresh air. I kind of grew up in the college radio Mm -hmm. era. You know, we're listening to the replacements to Who's Do, and you know, right. bands, bands that were really you know, guitar focused right. bands. Um, and they some of them had like a new wave, new romantic edge, like you know, like Joy Division. Um, they would integrate some of that Joy Division kind of cure sound or the sound of the Smiths and stuff like that. But I always had this kind of love of, of, of like metal and punk. And you know, like I'm, the Who is a big band for me, I'm a I'm big Who fan, so. Um so I always liked Towns and Antwistle and the way they you know, with Moon, how they could pull that together.
1: Yeah. Um, so Yeah, Antwistle, he was a crazy good bass player, right?
0: But you like yeah, lead yeah. bass. Like if you think about it, like Towns had really interesting chord yeah. choices, but then Antwistle and Moon are soloing through the yeah. whole song. Every Who song they're soloing and in and, and uh, Pete kinda keeps it together with yeah. his chords. And then-
1: and that's like a different structure than most rock right. bands. And yeah, Roger you know? Daltrey just has that like insanely powerful voice. Yeah, I've listened to
0: Pete's oh. demos, and they're really good. They're like singer-songwriter good. But when Daltrey sings the same thing, he just increases the power, you know, unbelievable. Right. right. But it's still cool to hear Pete's versions, because Pete's a pretty cool singer in his, in his own way. Adultery just belts
1: yeah. it out. Yeah, definitely. That's that's how I would describe him. A, a belter, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a big, big fan. I, I saw The Who a couple of times. Um, you know, I've seen Almonds. I'm a big fan of, like, progressive rock, you know, jam band rock, yeah. you know, you know bands of cream and stuff. But, yeah, but I'm I'm electronic musician myself. So there's a lot of stuff going on today when people are using DAWs and stuff. So when you record... How, how are you guys recording your albums? Are you doing it like in your own home studio or going
1: to a professional we, studio? We, we work with someone. Um, like I said, we're, we're, we are not very smart when it comes to, <laughs> um, at least I'm not, when it comes to uh, technology and like, you know, home recording and that sort of thing. I, I've got a very primitive setup at my house. But um, the way that we kind of write is, um, for the most part, we just get into a room and we just start kind of jamming on ideas. Um, so it's it's a very kind of like organic kind of old school approach. Um, and then we work with um, a gentleman named Jack Shirley, who runs a studio in Oakland called the atomic garden. And um, you know, he, he's kind of like a, um, I don't know, like a, a Bay area, not icon. That's a little, that's a little too, uh, but uh, he, he's, um, he's kind of like a stalwart of the Bay area. Um, so Bands have worked mm-hmm. with him, you know, punk, uh, metal, you know, all different kinds of bands have worked with him. And um, he's just got a really good reputation for making really solid, uh, live-sounding records. So um, we've been...
0: So is, he, is he using, like, analog? Like, I, sound, tape, sound I
1: think on, on pretty much everything, uh, except I don't think we did vocals. I think we did vocals uh, digitally, but... Um, that's awesome
0: because yeah. I mean I sound sound city and like using analog recording equipment for a rock yeah. band
1: is, is a very good thing
0: to do and also like analog since you know you really should yeah. use analog recording right. and it's cool to see a band like you doing it the yeah. old way because that's I grew up you know playing in the basement using a Tascam four track and biking it you know? <laughs> you know that's kind of the old school before Dawes yeah. came along and I still. I, I reject kind of dogs. I use like Zoom digital recorders mm-hmm. and, and quarter-inch lines, you know, and mic yeah. stuff you know, and put it directly into the instruments. And and I just – I think sometimes you get this sound that's a lot more organic, yeah. like you said. If you have these organic jam sessions and you pull songs out of them, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like the classic way of, of recording. Right,
1: and, uh, you know, he he's – you know, he, he kind of really – Tries to drive home the fact that not everything has to sound perfect, you know. Like, uh, yeah, little,
0: I think that's yeah. Really if there's important. a
1: little mistake here and there. That kind of that kind of like enhances the you know the human sound of the album.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you go back and listen to
1: Derek and the Dominos, it's not
0: yeah. perfect, you know. If you don't listen to all, all Cream, it's not perfect. It's yeah. awesome, but but people today spend so much time trying to make things right. perfect, you know, and keep, keeping the key changes. According for what the computer yeah. says, and you know I'm a more of a jazz guy. Like sometimes you want to go like in a Coltrane direction, and your computer would tell you not yeah. to do that. If you're using a dog, it would tell you not to do what Coltrane's doing. It would tell you not to do what Hendrix yeah. did. And I don't think the musicians. I think you know, like you, that, you're on the right path because I think people who who let the computer tell them to be like perfect, you, know, you kind of pull all the originality out of things yeah. sometimes.
1: Yeah, definitely. That That's something that um, yeah, you, you hear a lot of that nowadays. Everything just sounds so pristine to where it kind of sounds um, yeah. um, what's the word? It kind of sounds like uh,
0: Too, too uh, mechanical. it sounds
1: like there's just
0: no uh... If you have a mix, it's too perfect. I mean, if I have mugs and sometimes I want my mugs to sound dirty, you know, I want them to sound heavy. I don't want them to sound perfect pitch or Clean, yeah. pristine. I want you to hear that kind of over, you know, like loading right. circuit. <laughs> and, and and if you go and let your computer tell you not to do that, then you won't hear that. You know. So I think uh, and I, they got this punk yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. You know, Going back to the clash or the replacements. Yeah. Who's the, to do that goes and the, you know <laughs> the vocals
1: too. You know, like um, sometimes it's like you know, it, even if you go a little off key in the vocals, but there's but you're really like. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's like you really got some soul behind it or something. You know, that, that's, I, know, I like.
0: It. Yeah, we well, you know, listen to Joe Strummer. Yeah. Like, you know, would Joe Strummer get picked up by a label
1: right. now? Maybe not. Probably maybe not. not.
0: <laughs> you know, but, you know, there's something about the way Strummer sang it. It's not perfect pitch, it's yeah. off key. He goes right. off yeah. a lot, but it's the authentic, the authentic kind of punk aesthetic of the yeah. Clash you can't like have a perfect pitch singer on that, you know, or like a Paul Westerberg or Bob Moult. You know, you, are not going to get, you know, what you hear on American (laughs) Idol, you know, from guys like that, that's not what they're doing, but but you shouldn't keep them out of the industry. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I'm glad because I've, I've talked to a lot of musicians that, you know, they've never even played an instrument. Um, and they're, they're musicians in, in a new way and uh, they've been on these DAWs and they do construct things but it's cool to hear um people still doing it the old way yeah I,
1: I, it's <laughs> funny because I've I've met people who um you know they they show me their they show me their home recordings and um you know it sounds cool Every I mean everything just but it's kind of like you said everything just sounds so perfect and um I I like I'll meet these people and I'll talk to them. I'll be like, oh, well, do you ever like play this live? And they're like, no, no, I, I can't play this live.
0: <laughs> no, they got to go on the CDJ yeah.
1: and run it. And I'm kind of a,
0: I, I'll actually bring my MOGs on road cases into New York and play a show in a small club. And people are surprised I don't have a CDJ because they think all electronic musicians yeah. use CDJs. And I'm like, I'm using real MOBs in Euro right. apps And I like being kind of jazz oriented in that. I might play my song differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna run it perfectly. I'm not gonna run the same thing over and over, because it's not fun for me. I rather kind of jam it up. And um, I think uh, something's getting lost in the generation of people that just want to hear the thing exactly like yeah. on the record. I-, I think it's cool to have a live band interpret, you know, their song and do it a little bit differently. You know, yeah. Because that's why people go to see Pearl Jam concerts like five five different versions of the same show. They'll go to the same <laughs> every right, night. Right. Because Eddie does it different every night.
1: Yeah, I think there's kind of like a um, it seems like there's kind of a, not a fine line, but uh, it's like you want to you know, you want to preserve the the <laughs> kind of like essence I guess of the song, but um, there's a, it's also fun to kind of mess around with it and uh, you know if you
0: can. Yeah, I mean that's why people listen to old Hendrix concerts for how many, how many different versions of yeah. the Joe how many different versions of Purple Haze did, depending on how it right. felt, right. you know? Right. And it's it's cool to see that. And it's kind of like the Eagles, not to come down on them, but they used to fine each other if they didn't play Hotel California Tour exactly as the record. Wow. They had a, like a fine system where everybody had to play Hotel California straight through exactly
1: like it was on, on the record. record. And if they didn't, they got fine Because, you know, we haven't heard of Hotel California enough <laughs> on the radio the way
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they kind of were like doing a CDJ, like live version of a CDJ. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like I don't know if that's the best way to get people motivated on a
1: like six month tour to make them play yeah. the thing exactly yeah. the same. They probably have enough money <laughs> between them to break that rule, anyways. So.
0: Yeah, well, that was back yeah. in the
1: heyday of, of, of that of that band,
0: but I think that was like going the wrong direction. Yeah. But um, yeah. It's, so, so have you been playing like live shows?
1: Yeah. Um, we've been playing the last. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, we, you know, we our first show with with this group of guys was in July of 2015. So this summer, four years of playing, and um, uh, yeah, we actually just played a show Monday night um, with this band called. Well, there were two bands. One band was called Stars at Night, and um, the other band was called um, La Butcherettes, and they were the headline band. Um, they're kind of this. Uh, punk band from Mexico and um, they were stopped in San Francisco and we got asked to play and um, it was a sold out show, so that was awesome. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, we've just been playing over the last couple of years trying to you know improve the, the stage performance, trying to get tighter on stage, trying to you know put together the ultimate set lists and um, you know make the songs stronger, punchier, um, you know, it's it's just it, it, it's like anything else. You just have to practice it, and um, you know, just try to yeah. fine tune it as much as you can. But
0: um... yeah, for a band like you, practice is a big yeah. thing. You know, because when in the age of people just using the CDJs again, not to come down on them, but you don't necessarily have to practice at the level of a band right. like you. And we you know, we usually yeah. practice
1: about three times a week. So um, yeah, yeah, I would expect <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs>
0: Well, that's kind of old school. I mean, a, a, a touring active mm-hmm. band had right. to rehearse. That's kind of back in the day when I was coming up. You know, every band I knew was playing like three, four times a week. You know, to keep up the right. chops um, and just keep the integration. You know, to make sure they're all kind of in yeah. in tune. But but um, you know, nowadays, you know, you don't necessarily have to do that with the different types of music that's right. out there. You know, like DJs and the EDM yeah. and Hip-hop. Yeah, I've, uh, I've gone people. to, um,
1: you know, I, I've gone to see people perform, um, you know, EDM music and um, I've, you know, I've been um, <clears throat> backstage and I've uh, seen, you know, guys, um, I guess they call themselves producers. Um, they, they go up to the stage and they'll literally just plug in a, um, you know, a, 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 what do you call it? SD like a,
0: a, a, a a, card or
1: like a stack. Um, they yeah. really just press play and like twist some. I don't mean yeah. to sound like a, you know, jaded. Uh...
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I kind of go in there same place. Yeah, but it's like
1: uh, you see that and you're like, wow, you know, it's just. It's just...
0: <laughs> well, I think then, then the people see these guys jumping up yeah. and down and the jumping up and down. Yeah. Is kind of like that's not being a yeah. musician. <laughs> I mean, it, it's I, more I, like a, being, a, being a hype man.
1: You it, know, you like like rappers and like stuff. like cre- You know, creating that stuff isn't difficult or rec- doesn't require talent because it does. You know, you have to know your technology yeah. and everything. But, um
0: yeah. but the art it's, of performance, it's, it's, I think. Yeah, I think what gets lost
1: is, is the art of yeah, performance. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it seems like it's more about the party. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a different t- crowd. I mean, there's a crowd that wants to see somebody playing like an Eric Clapton or Jack White or Hendrix, they want to see the musicianship. And then there's a crowd that just wants to hear it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different crowds. You kind of know who your audience, if you're a rock band, people want to see you solo. They want to see the drummer do a drum solo. They want to see that. But the kids today that want to just get into the hype of of an EDM show or a hip hop show, they just want to hear the bars. They want to hear a beat. They don't care about the musicianship as much. Um, but I've been trying to get you know, like people to think this should be a hybrid of of like a, a DJ that actually brings like a, a, a Euro rack on stage, yeah, and does like a Keith Emerson with his beats, you know, actually yeah. play show that you can actually do what deadmau Mouse does all his stuff on Euro racks, you know, and sometimes he actually has them on stage, and I think you know you, you should try to to integrate live performance as much as possible. Because one of the things about electronic music, when Moog created the Moog, he said they should be played yeah. live. You know, and so anybody who's into electronic music should kind of remember Bob Moog, and and not just push right. the button. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, um, I, I, there has to be there has to be someone out there doing that, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, there are like in Europe, you'll see a lot of them. There's a lot of Euro rack based electronic mm-hmm. musicians who are using Moogs and Prophets and very advanced electronic composition. It's not just a CDJ. Yeah. They're using, you know, they're actively right. playing. And they're letting their analog sense kind of yeah. talk, kind of like Keith Emerson used to, or Wakeman. You know, they're, they're coming at it like yeah. that, like Genesis. Right. You know, like, like, and so, you know, not to put down all the people, because that's a that's yeah, different yeah. vibe. I mean, it's a progressive electronic versus right. EDM, you know. And it, it's a different audience that's going to be into yeah, that but I think there's always room to merge and it kind of gets into, have you thought of like um, collaborating outside your lane with like a jazz or a rap or hip hop or EDM artist? Um,
1: we've talked about collaborating with other bands um, <clears throat> that are somewhat in our genre, but um, we haven't really talked about doing something outside of, but I, I would be open to that. I think that's, um, you know, that's, uh, just the the four of us in, in this band, we're you know we're all fans of pretty much every kind of style. So it you know that would be something that would be pretty um, interesting to do. We haven't yeah. like seriously talked about that, but um, that would be a lot of fun.
0: Um, yeah,
1: because I mean, to they, they bring in like you know like an like electronic
0: musician that's heavy Euro rack or modular synth, you know, like a Wakeman type yeah. of person and add that you know then you probably get really progressive right. yeah I mean,
1: we we kind of toyed around with a few synths and some you know um a little you know some keys on the the last recording we did but um, nothing too intensive but i think that's um kind of a, a direction we want to explore a little bit more going forward um you know yeah you know a, a little
0: abacab here and there a little lamb yeah, now on broadway yeah
1: you know. um i mean you, you know not sure if that'll stick, but I think that's something that we want to, uh, you know, at least try to uh, mess around with in the future. Or even like like a like a Trent Reznor yeah. kind of
0: nine inch nails industrial. Yeah,
1: Sim I. It has the kind of
0: hard edge. You can kind of it's metal kind right. of.
1: Yeah, no, I I love nine inch nails. I've I've been a fan since like the Fragile came out. Um, so I would love to. Uh, love- yeah, and that's all Moog. That's all like mini yeah. Moog running through all kinds of filters
0: and pedals and, but the, you know, that shows you the power that a mode can have. It can be very upfront. You know, you, you can have them just like screaming yeah. like, like guitars. And I, I've always been a big proponent of trying to get analog sense to be out there in front like mm-hmm. guitars in, in a kind of a punk way, like what Trent was right. doing. And um, you know, the people in Europe are doing it like Denmark and the Netherlands and, uh, you know, there's there's, there's a, a lot of movement in that type of progressive electronic, which I think does kind of link with with like heavy metal and yeah. punk rock. Right. You know, and I think that that kind of integration, I, I love to see. I see you know, bands like Wilco and Radiohead
1: mm-hmm. yep. and Magua
0: sometimes pull that in.
1: Yeah, with Radiohead, it seems like it's a bit more lush sounding.
0: Yeah, they do a lot of real experimental stuff with their scents, but they use a lot of like it's like, heavy scent stuff, but it's all kinda lush, yeah. kinda atmospheric.
1: Right.
0: But um not as hard edged as what trend does. No. Yeah. But it's still yeah, it's still kind of very cool. different
1: animals. But uh, yeah, they both they both make uh, yeah, incredible music.
0: So what what are your thoughts on like the future of music and like your specific style? I hear people all the time saying like rock is dead, like traditional rock, yeah. like top forty rock is dead. Um, okay. But I still see rock all over the net if you look yeah. for it. Like a lot of indie bands, like yourselves. Yeah. So so what are your thoughts oh, about God, that?
1: I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you hear that a lot, and um, I think it's you know it, it, it's kind of easy to buy into that if you're just going off of you know, like what's, um, what's charting on like billboard or that sort of thing. But on the same time, at the same time, like if you look at, you know, listings for like different concerts that are coming through your, your town, like San Francisco, for example, there's always big rock shows coming through. And a lot of times they're sold out, you know, a lot of times there's, uh, kind of like big package shows will, where they will put together like three or four bands and, um, you know, that's you know that'll sell out like on a Monday night. So it, you know, I, I think it's just maybe it's just a more selective uh, audience.
0: Yeah, I think it's like I said. It's like the audience that wants to see live yeah. rock and wants to see unique, new indie kind yeah. of rock. I think if you're an indie rock band, you're going to find a place to play if you if you can play. Yeah. Um, but if you're like a cover band, you know, playing Leonard yeah. Skinner and the Eagles, and maybe that's not going to yeah. work. Um, as heavy as like but people want to see like modern new like progressive or metal like death metal and punk there's always room for punk i think a lot anyway that comes out with that kind of attitude and power people get pulled into the like the 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 care the charisma
1: of that yeah people people like to see you know just a really energetic you know, band that's like you said that has charisma and that has soul and that has,
0: um, you know, it's authentic. You know, it makes you want to, you know, kind of bang your head back in the old days. But you know, you know, you want to see a band just kind of rip through it like a Who's Who do or like they, you know, even like Guns N' Roses, they were kind of had a real powerful yeah. edge, kind of like a, a modern Aerosmith. Yeah. You know, it's just like every time there's always gonna be like a new Death Leopard or a new Aerosmith or a band that's really kicking it. Yeah. Um, that 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 does like traditional rock, you know. You know whether you're a three-piece band doing like a cream, or you're a punk band, or you're trying to emulate like the Who. If you have that kind of hard edge, I think you're always going right. to get through.
1: Yeah, and you know, like you said, you know, the rock and metal. There, there's a built-in audience for that. You know, the, the, there's you know, the, there's a rabid fan base for that. I don't know if that'll ever really go away. I think it'll. But, um, you know it. it it's just not as popular as maybe it once was, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Things things seem to go in phases anyway, so who knows? Maybe 10 years from yeah, it'll be the biggest thing.
0: Well, is it, yeah, there's a phase. I mean, the, the disco was supposed to be dead, but there's a place
1: for disco. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I mean, and, and I, I like a lot of that old disco stuff, you know? there's, there's...
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting rhythms, yeah. you know? I, I'm a big funk yeah. guy, you know, so, like James Brown yeah. and Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. And that's like that stuff is the basis of hip yeah, hop. Yeah, you know, it's like it was jazz and blues mixed with rock, and it created that kind of genre. And it's always being reused, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all consistently. Like Parliament Funkadelic is the base of most hip right. hop.
1: Yeah, it's been <laughs> sampled so yeah. many times by <laughs> so many uh, hip hop artists.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just that that and James Brown kind of grooves that. That's always going to be there. But you know, I've a band actually really play yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That 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 always is is very <laughs> inspiring to me. But <laughs> yeah, I would I would love to see uh, P Funk play. <laughs> yeah, well, anybody that can get in that zone and, and be playing at that level, like Bernie Worrell mm-hmm. and uh, Bootsy, yeah. you know, playing like Georgie like that is just a, a level of kind of mixing. What I loved about Parliament was in Funkadelic was they they put like psychedelic rock, right, and mm-hmm. yeah. rock. Into into that kind of groove, right? And and you don't see a lot of bands doing that. I kind of miss that, yeah. Because um, that's a, like it's a level of uh, you know work that you have to put into that to get those grooves.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You got to be really, really tight with each other.
0: You can have they have that Motown kind of funk brothers yeah. work ethic. where you are kind of came from like a jazz background or a blues background, and you have the kind of dedication. To, to do that you know but
1: yeah Motown what did you um did did you watch the full uh Jennifer Lopez Motown tribute thing on the Grammys
0: yeah <laughs> I'm kind of a purist when it comes yeah. to that stuff
1: I didn't know um, but so I just I, I, that people were <laughs> you know just fucking going crazy over that but
0: it's it's cool I love Motown but I'm kind of like I'm real old school so I want to yeah. see Like the Funk Brothers, I want to actually see the old guys do it. Um, But um, it's cool for people to be inspired by it. You know, Neil Soul takes a lot of that stuff. But um, yeah, so I mean, the other question we get into is today. You know, what's your opinion on Mm. streaming services? Is like, Uh, and you know, streaming services allow a lot of bands to get out there. Uh, But what what are your kind of pros and cons on it?
1: Um, To be honest, I don't think that we've got enough exposure on streaming services for me to have like a really good opinion on them. I mean, we're, we're on Spotify. Um, <clears throat> and I think we're on a couple others um, that I can't think of right now, but um, you know, we not too many people have come to us um, saying, Oh, I found you guys through Spotify. Um, I think that we just need to continue to, to just grow as a band first and uh, to really be able to see, house
0: do you do you get more um social
1: um interaction
0: on other platforms like instagram yeah, we, we get and... more
1: through like instagram facebook we, we get a lot of people through bandcamp um
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah bandcamp place.
1: is pretty cool that's um our bass player jeremy is is really into bandcamp um i haven't messed around too much with it but that's mm. that kind of seems like the really kind of diy group of people that are uh, you know.
0: Well, it's kind of like SoundCloud. I mean, I'm a SoundCloud electronic artist. I'm big on yeah. here. But um, yeah, Bandcamp, I put about 10 albums on Bandcamp. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's a really cool place if you're
1: an indie artist to be able to put something out. And you've got a community that's into it. Right. And you know? like a lot of bands, I've seen certain bands that are, you know, they're national or international touring acts. And they don't even have a website, but they have a Bandcamp, you know?
0: Well, yeah, it's a really, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, like the Instagram yeah.
1: SoundCloud. It's, it's a way
0: to get out there without dealing with the labels. Yeah. I, a lot of times these streaming services or social media are kind of like the new radio, yeah. or like college radio was to like bands like REM back in the day when MTV actually played like yeah. music. <laughs> and it was a combination of like MTV and college radio and they launched bands like REM and Miskadoo and replacements and stuff yeah. like that. But now it seems like Instagram and Bandcamp, and soundcloud places like that fan they're all you know ways that indie bands get to their fans yeah but it seems like you have to do the live shows you have to have merch you have to have fan interaction yeah. to really have a, a good yeah presence. you kind of have
1: to be wonders you know that's something that we you know we're, we're aware of but we're trying to really nail that you know just making sure that that the uh, That there's always content, you know, on on the different social media platforms. That everything kind of has like a certain aesthetic or look to it. um, You know that that the merch game is there, all that stuff. You know, and I'm not saying that we're perfect at that because we're not. But um, Mm -hmm. you know, it just it just requires a lot of oversight. And um, yeah, that's just how you have to do it these days.
0: Do you find that you did you try to sell merch when you do the
1: show? We definitely try to sell merch. Uh, Some nights are better than others, but, um, you know, we always make sure that we have shirts, uh, we have stickers, pins, um, you know, that whole, that whole deal. Um, We, we do sell a decent amount of shirts. Um, We we're lucky. We have a um, a good friend named Sam Pena, who's a super talented artist and she um, has done the artwork for our, um, our albums and also our, our um, t-shirts. And um, you know, we, we get complimented so much about her artwork. So
0: um well, That's good. It's kind of like go back to the dead. The Grateful Dead used to have all these artists that were with them and do all this great art. And it's kind of like the synergy between, you know, a graphic artist or, you know, the arts, you know, visual, you know, and and um, sequential art and music it kind of goes back to the 60s and, you know, the hippie kind of right. aesthetic. But it's cool to see you're linked up with an artist because that's kind of like a real classic thing to do. It's
1: it's good to work with. It's been nice to work with the same person and kind of have that level of consistency. And and like I said, she's just like incredibly talented. Um, If anyone, if your listeners um, are curious, I I believe her Instagram is ink grinder. So they should check that out. She has some really awesome artwork.
0: Oh, we can put that on our um, podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: Cause we'll put a link to your your Spotify or if you have other links you want to put on gonna you know, send me a little note can I can put all your Spotify links like um, on this podcast when we put, push it out they'll be active on Apple and um, radio public but for some reason Spotify doesn't let the links be active but they can people can grab
1: right.
0: them you know yeah, but awesome. um,
1: yeah she's she's a very talented uh, artist so everyone should check out her artwork.
0: what I saw now there seems to be a trend where people can actually put out tape cassettes. Um, at low cost for their music, yeah. and that's a thing I've been seeing, like in I New see York, bands band are putting those out when they come to shows. That seems and to stuff. be
1: making a comeback, the cassette thing. I don't. <clears throat> it's funny because I see bands doing that at shows, but I also wonder how many people are actually listening to that <laughs> because I don't.
0: I don't know if they're just buying them. Yeah, so them,
1: so they're different. Nostalgia is kind of like a big thing now. I, that's <laughs> for some reason.
0: Well, it's cheaper than vinyl. Yeah. You know, you can find an old Walkman real yeah. cheap, you know, um, and it gives you something that is like, you know, people are kind of like the next thing you see people doing 8-tracks yeah. or something. I wonder if what... <laughs> Those are harder to find machines that will actually play those without killing your tape. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, vinyls come back, cassettes have come back. I wonder if CDs are going to make a return in like five or ten years.
0: <laughs> well, if CDs seem to work as merch in low volume. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: if you do the right package, if you do a package for a CD, that has like a poster and it's not cheap plastic, you know, people might buy right. that, you know, at a show from you at a low volume. Um, some,
1: you know, we, we have a lot of CV, CDs of our um, first album. And, um, you know, some shows we, we, you know, we try to push that. And um, some people are just like, Oh, I don't have a CD player. But this past show we did on Monday, we actually God, we actually pushed a lot of CDs. Um, I was surprised that like a ton of people were like, oh yeah, you know I still have a CD player. I still have a you know Walkman or whatever. So it was kind of interesting to hear that. but um... yeah because the
0: one thing about the question I always ask is like, there's a lot of bands today that' kind of focused on singles yeah. because yeah. it seems to be like a 1950s we're in a singles kind yeah. of market um, compared to like the late 60s where we were in an album oriented market. But, you know, t- typically, like, progressive rock bands or rock bands tend to want to have people listen to the whole yeah. album. But the way people listen to music today, it's hard for people to, to kind of get through yeah. the whole record. But, we, you know, the people who buy vinyl and actually listen to it go back into that. You know, they'll actually listen to a whole record. And so the idea of having album-oriented projects where people... actually you know you want your fan to actually listen to the whole thing through have you thought about like when you do your music do you try to package it as a full album that should be listened to together or you focus just on the individual songs
1: um i think that 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 does come together kind of a little bit later in the songwriting um you know the the you know obviously the releases that we've done so far have been more focused on like you know an entire album in fact, if you listen to the, the first album we did, um, <clears throat> it's kind of bookended. They uh, it starts off and ends pretty much the same way, um, so that's kind of cool. But um, you know, I, I like both. I like albums. I like sitting down, like in a dark room, and just like listening to an entire album from start to finish. Um, but I also like singles, and I think that you know, like you mentioned, the way it is today, um, it's definitely more singles driven, and um, that's something that we've talked about. Um, doing going forward, you know, just releasing a couple of songs at a time um, and then maybe later on doing a full album. But, um, you know, as much as I love, you know, full long play records, it's just it's like you said, it's hard to get people to sit down and listen to the full thing. There's definitely an audience for that, but um, uh, I
0: think yeah, we're going to yeah.
1: look into, you know, doing a little bit more of a singles driven approach uh, in the future and see how that goes for us.
0: Yeah, because I've been kind of going both with like a lot of times can I, I do concerts where you know I'll play like 50 minutes or something. And so everything I do is kind of based on the concert idea. So there are like full concepts, um, even like concept albums and stuff. but but you know, I actually put all the songs out as singles. No. you know so so then I get actually a lot of hits on my social media because I'm constantly putting out these singles that end up on longer right. projects that I use to play my live right. show. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, it seems like it is kind of like back in the day, like James Brown and his band were putting out songs like every week in yeah. the 50s. Yeah. You know, um, it, it seems like there are some hip hop artists that do that, you know, in collectives and underground bands and stuff that are putting out material right. at a really frenetic pace because their fans kind of, you know, are eating it up right. that way. So, you know, that, that, there's different ways to get out there. It does seem like the hip hop genre is more album oriented, though. You think so? For some reason, the fans there are willing to listen to the whole project. You think so? Yeah, I've seen like with a lot of you know fans that like bands like Brockhampton, uh. and Odd Future. You know, they'll listen to those projects the whole way through. Yeah. Um, but you know, those are specific types of bands that people are into. Yeah. That, but yeah, they, they seem to want to listen to it in that way in those
1: genres compared to.
0: Like more the more popular music is kind of like people are just putting playlists together yeah. and stuff. But.
1: I noticed that more like with you know '90s hip hop, you know, like you know, <clears throat> it seemed like the the album was a lot more important, you know. But uh, now I, it seems like it's much more single story.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe like, I, I, like the Odd Future Collective, like Tyler the Creator, people seem to
1: listen to his projects yeah. all the way through.
0: Yeah, a guy like Earl Sweatshirt, people listen to his stuff yeah. all the way through. Like Frank Ocean, you know, you know, Blonde, and Channel or- Channel Orange were kind of like their album oriented right, albums. Right. You know, they they have that structure that's kind of classic album. Um But you know, they're maybe not what's in the top twenty
1: of hip hop, yeah. but more like the bottom fifty. Yeah, I
0: mean, with <laughs> uh, where I listen to most of the time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and those 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 are some still some pretty big names though within that genre. So.
0: Yeah, but they they don't always get to the top, but they they seem to have like album oriented work, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah. So so, what do you feel about the current state of the music industry? Given all these things we we're talking about, with like streaming, and you know, what, what do you think about? There's so many bands that don't want to be on a label anymore. You know, big bands like Radiohead and Wilco they they left their labels. You know, Pearl Jam left right. their label. Um so what's your opinion on like, what the music industry
1: should be doing or not? You know, what do you want them to do? Um, oh God, that's, a, that's a, a, a mountain of a question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily as doom and gloom as a lot of people paint it out to be. Um, I think that there's, I think that the, the good thing nowadays is that there's, you can kind of do whatever the hell you want to do. Um, you know, you, you can be an indie band and, you know, sell a ton of merch on tour and you could make a, you know, a living off of that. Um, you know, it seems like there's there's a lot of different avenues now for being, a, you know, a, a successful musician. So I think that's cool. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's as, uh, you know, like I said, doom and gloom as a lot of people
0: yeah, I think I think what what people maybe are missing, like you know, used to be able to get, but only if you think about it, only few and far between we get a record yeah. contract where you get the advance, you would be on the label, you're flying around in a jet, you you get the Led Zeppelin. I mean, you're not gonna how many of those bands got to be like Led Zeppelin, you know, you know. And now today you have more yeah. bands that can actually go out and tour and last longer than yeah. a year, right. compared to like a label that said, well, if you don't make it on your first two records or three records, then you're off the label (laughs) where an indie band could still be out around for like 10, 15 years with a small fan base. That's actually, you know, sustainable versus the record company trying to say, well, you got to hit 200,000, you got to hit 300,000 or we're going to drop you. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. you know you can be in a band and you can make your recording at home using like a fairly modest setup and still get a really good quality sound and you can upload that right to soundcloud or whatever and uh you can you know build a fan base off of that if enough people like your music so yeah it, it, you know th- there are still plenty of ways to to become successful
0: yeah i think that's what, why we today we have a lot yeah. of artists Know, out there able to actually continue to be artists where in yeah. the old model, you know, bands would be like one-hit wonders right. or you know, they would they would just kind of yeah. fade away, you know, you get you get a band like a big right. star. Yeah.
1: There's there's there like right. 10 bands back in the day. Now there's like 10 million. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. big star was a great band but
1: they never went yeah. where you know, yeah.
0: and then you know, then now everybody, you know, realizes how great they were. Sorry, but, man. you know, based so on the a- old system yeah it wouldn't work but today big star would have worked yeah (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true um yeah i mean that pretty much uh every every almost every person i know is in a band
0: (laughs) yeah well where you where you are is kind of like well where i live i'm in new hampshire not a lot of bands um but new york and boston a lot of bands um (laughs) But you guys probably have way more bands than we do. Yeah,
1: there's a lot here. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, even, you know, we haven't been around a long time by any stretch. But, like, you know, even bands that we played with, like, a year or two ago are just not around anymore, you know? So many people start bands, and then they get, you know, a few months deep, and then, you know, some drama happens or something, or they're not where they want to be, and then they just kind of say fuck it, and they give up. And
0: uh, it's just... Yeah, I think, yeah, it's interesting, because that's the one thing I, I always want, you get the people who are yeah. driven, and they do it because they love yeah. music, and yeah. if you love music, you're probably not going to stop, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're trying to get somewhere else because of the music, and you don't get there, then you might right. stop. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then, you know, that I think that's just kind of a situation where, I don't know, it, it's kind of easy to just... Just be real, real hard on yourself and brutally just like, you know, just, just unnecessarily hard on yourself. Or you can just kind of figure out what you need to improve on and then just, you know, go from there. Uh.
0: Yeah, and I knew guys it's like, unless if they couldn't play like Jimmy Page or Hendrix, or Clapton, then they would done. Mm. you know, if they couldn't get to that level. And, and then it's like, well, you know, how do you get, how do you get a Paul Westerberg? How do you get a Lou Reed? They get confident in what they yeah, can do, that's true. and then you get something that's unique because he's not trying to be yeah. Jimmy Page. Lou okay. Reed's not trying to be Jimmy Page, but he made some brilliant right. stuff, and it's at a totally different level because he became comfortable with what he could right. do, you know. And then he pushed it, but you know, you don't. You, you, some people who measure themselves at that kind of level, they gotta match Jimmy Page, you know. You, if that that's done. You're gonna lose. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on, on that. Focus on what you're good at and just kind of, you know, <clears throat> put put every effort towards that. And uh, you know, maybe down the road you'll you'll end up uh, <laughs> being sounding like you know Jimmy Page or whatever. But uh, for the, for the time being, you should just kind of play to your strengths.
0: Well, you'll find something that is uniquely yeah. yours, and that's why I think is the genius in music is. You know what i listen to so many different things you know um from jazz to country to everything and there's always something about an artist that really is it, you know that comes out of the, out of the nowhere or or just doing something that you don't expect and i'm always looking for the stuff that's like unexpected i'm looking for somebody that's trying to do something uh and be true to themselves like a singer-songwriter yeah. i always have a lot of appreciation for singer-songwriters because they're, you get to see their complete right. vision, you know, and that, that's like, I, I always want to give artists that have that kind of vision a way to talk about their, their music. Yeah, you know? I mean,
1: being a singer-songwriter, that's just like, you know, it's like just being naked.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you get the, it's like reading a book, you know, I, I find the music, when you talk to people who are creatives, that are singer-songwriters, that have their own vision, it's kind of like reading yeah. novels, you know, because artists will are deep when they get that way, you know, and and, then there's a lot of stuff you can pick up on in their work. That is, it's very satisfying to listen to people who have that kind of vision, you know, and I I like to hear as many people doing that as possible. And that's why we have this show to kind of give people, uh, artists uh, a place to be able to talk about their craft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: That's um, awesome that you do that. You know, it's really interesting to hear, you know, everyone's kind of different approach to how they, uh, you know, how they approach their craft. Like you said, uh, how they approach songwriting, how they approach you know, their lyrics, uh, all of that. It's just, it's interesting how different everyone, um, approaches it.
0: Yeah. So you're, when you write a song, does it come to you? Uh, well, I guess every songwriter has a different way of doing things and may have multiple yeah. techniques. Um, but like, my particular technique is I kind of do like a stream of consciousness, kind of like a Dylan-esque kind of stream of consciousness, and just kind of go and do free-flowing poetry, and then go back and edit after, and I'll do like a session, and just kind of go wherever the music is going to take me, and then refine it yeah. later, um, and then bring it down to a more concise like, song right. pattern. But but like what what's your like preferred way of doing it? You have multiple uh, ways. Mine of doing it. is
1: kind of similar to you, but if, I mean, if we're talking about lyrics, I um, <clears throat> I never really sit down and and am like, okay, I'm gonna write about this because every time that I've tried that, it's never worked out. <laughs> like if I sit down and I and I say, oh, I'm gonna write about you know, I don't know, love, or I'm gonna write about like you know, going to the grocery store or something, I end up writing about something totally different um so i just kind of sit down and i kind of just start writing and then once it's kind of apparent what i'm writing about then i'll just kind of hone in on that um sometimes if i just listen to like a rough recording of music that we have if i listen to it over and over again sometimes just certain phrases will pop out to me and um if it keeps if it keeps just popping up in my head, then I'll just write that down and I'll kind of just work around that. But um, I don't really have like a, a really set strategy. I I just kind of sit down and start writing, and then you know, like I said, once once things kind of once an idea starts appearing, then I just kind of focus on that, and then um, then when it comes time to <clears throat> like actually sing it, um, you know, th- that's kind of the fun part because that's when you can kind of figure out, um, you know.
0: Yeah, how it's going to work. work like yeah. what you know
1: what words you can kind of bend and emphasize and that sort of thing uh,
0: well what's going to become the chorus and the hook and the refrain or like how are you going to Can you have your original idea and then once you get the music and it starts to change it yeah you know what i've seen is like you know especially if you write something by yourself yeah. and then you get with the band and, and then the band the drummer can t- totally change how you're yeah, going to do. Drummers, they're the worst. You know, but I think it's great because I'll have like something on a drum machine, like an AOA yeah. or running off like a Moog drum machine. And then I have a real drummer come in and it totally changes what I was going right. to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, because it's just like, okay, the real drummer is going to bring something that I, you know, I'm not going to be able right. to do. And, and then it changes how I'm going to actually, you know, orchestrate the song or, or fit the lyrics in based on mm-hmm. their playing, even a bass player where guitar players tend to kind of shift where you're going to put the chorus or
1: what are you going to do with the melody? Yeah.
0: And it's always, always really yeah, interesting. That's
1: a, that's a pretty uh, humbling experience. You know, like when you have, <laughs> you have your grand vision in your head when you're in your room or you're in your bedroom or whatever, you're like, Oh, that, you know, it's going to sound like this and the, you know, these are the lyrics and the guitar is going to do this. And then you actually go into the, the rehearsal that's space it. and you're like, Oh, this, this kind of sounds like shit. Maybe I should <laughs> you got to change it because it just, it, it changes,
0: yeah. you know? It, it, yeah, that's always, like, the thing when you collaborate that, that the other people, is they kind of shift it. You know, it kind of goes from being, like, the Pete Townsend demo to being a
1: Roger Daltrey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it always seems to work out for the better, you know? When...
0: Yeah, yeah, the collaboration's always, uh, is yeah. awesome. Um, you know, but, you know, when you're, you're like, a solo artist, then, then you kind of have to do a little harder right. work to kind of be more self critical of your original thing. And every artist like, Oh, my my first vision on this is like, oh, this is yeah. great. But then you give it a couple
1: of days and you're like, oh yeah, no. no I do that all the time, <laughs> just with little things. Stuff that I haven't even like brought into the band, like just stuff that I write at home. Like I'm I'm sitting down writing it and I'm like, oh this is my masterpiece. And then I listen to it like two days later, I'm like, God, this sounds horrible. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's to you give yourself the low
1: like yeah, gut check. Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> okay, well, it's great that we had to have you on, Derek, and um, we're gonna push this out tonight, and we'll send you the links. And like I said, we're, we're I don't know if you know, but we're on like twelve different platforms oh, awesome. uh, out on the net, including Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, many, many more. Um, and so we'll give you some of the popular links. Um, we'll send them to you and uh, you can push it out on your social media. We're going to also push this out on our blogger page, our Facebook page and Twitter pages. Awesome. Um, and uh, we have a Spotify link that we can actually push up on our Instagram. And people can actually click on a highlight and actually listen to a whole podcast. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's So we're going to push that and then you can do that yourself as well with the links if you Great. want to, well, but we're, we're going to do that. Well, thank you for, for coming on. And, um, we're, you know, if you have a new project in the future, we tend to put, have, um, our guests come on a couple months later when they have new projects or new things they want to talk about. So we'll, we'll check with you guys. And if you have something you want to push like a new album in 2019, let us know, and then we can talk Absolutely.
1: about it. I would love to do that. Thank you so much for having me. This was uh, this was a real pleasure.
0: Well, thank you very much. And, uh, We'll, we'll, we'll be talking to you again. We'll send you those links later tonight, so you'll,
1: you'll get them pretty Thank short. Thank you so much. Really great talk.
0: Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. This is Bam Electric Ghost and our latest album, The Flower That Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb, featuring the track, Lollipop, All Day Sucker, is available on all streaming services, including Amazon, Tidal, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube Red and many many more so check us out the lollipop video is on YouTube all these um, that's the first track on the album so check out Family Electric Ghost The Flower That Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb available now on all streaming services This is Family Electric Ghost and we're working with Natural X who is a distributor and manufacturer of CBD oil now you shouldn't settle for inferior CBD oil uh, Natural X is, is not an inferior CBD oil. It is the superior CBD oil. There are no additive chemicals. It's available in all 50 states. It's water soluble. It's high absorbing, full spectrum CBD with terrapins. Now, the difference between THC and CBD, you might not know. So, THC is a psychoactive portion of cannabis and is commonly found in marijuana in higher amounts and is very Uh, low if any in the hemp plant. CBD is a cannabinoid devoid of psychoactive effect. In other words you can't get high from CBD. After THC, CBD is by by far the most studied natural cannabinoid and is gaining popularity faster than THC because of its healthy properties without drug uh, side effects attached to it. So if you click on the link that we're going to provide in a couple minutes um, you'd be able to get this really good CBD. So why would you take naturalized CBD? What's well, the most stable, longest-lasting, highest-absorbing CBD? It's fast. It's fast. It's got 15-minute absorption rather than slow 60- to 90-minute peaks. It's the high, highest absorption rate in the industry. It's real CBD oil, not liposomes or nanoparticles. It's got a super long shelf life, can store for two years, No need for refrigeration. It's made from hemp, not marijuana. It's clean, healthy, organic hemp, sourced from the best farms. It's full-spectrum, top-quality hemp CBD, not cheap CBD isolates. Enjoy the healthy entourage effects of full-spectrum CBD oil. It's not addictive, and there's no psychedelic drug effects. It's available, as we said, in all 50 states. Easy to use, to swallow a little every day. Tastes great, no disgusting, oily, bitter taste. Best value in hemp CBD, you get more usable CBD for your money. You save money by purchasing today with a special pricing pricing from Natural X. It's proudly made in the USA, and there are no worries because you have a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you click our link, we've got a bit.ly link to make it easier for you. So the link that you use to to be able to purchase this is bit.ly forward slash 2SV small b capital H V W let's do that again it's bit.ly forward slash 2 capital S capital V lowercase b capital H lowercase b lowercase w And we'll do that once more it's bit.ly forward slash 2S capital V Lowercase B, capital H, lowercase V, W. Now, this link is also on the podcast. So if you can't get it from here, just look at the podcast. You will see the link there and you can just click on it. And I hope you enjoy uh, this product and um, we'll talk to you again. Uh, keep on listening to the Family Electric Go Show because we talk about all kinds of things and you'll be able to get information about all types of products like this product from Natural X their natural XCBD. Thank you.